I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 1, Episode 5, Killer. Her name was Janet Kramer, but her co-workers called her KJ. She didn't know why. She supposed it didn't matter anymore. The lines on the road flashed by, and she started to fade from consciousness again, caught herself and focused. Who was she now? In this new landscape of chaos and death, K.J. She mused as the big five-liter V8 purred down the abandoned highway. That was the devious beauty of a perfect nickname, when the recipient of the nickname didn't know, but suspected there was something else going on. Some subtle dig, some backhanded comment about her personality that the perpetrators could deny. As far as she could tell, the K stood for killer, but... She hadn't figured out the J just yet. She had her suspicions. That's the way it was. Her initials were J.K., but she had become known as K.J. at her firm. It was just part of the gauntlet she had to run every day. The talking heads liked to opine about how empowered professional women were, how they were leaders in these modern, enlightened times. Indeed, the partners in her firm had trotted her out as an example every time the subject came up, but the old biases were still there, like a river that had been forced underground, lurking under the surface like a pent-up geyser. The male partners and associates were jealous of her abilities, and she had to be twice as good. The jealousy was probably worse now that it was against the rules to overtly attack her, It had no way to express itself, no way to vent. Instead, they played their petty games and had fun with their subtle jabs, the snide remarks, and now the nickname were a covert way to push back. They couldn't beat her in the open, so they hid in the bushes and threw mud, so to speak. She smiled a bit at that visual, her perfect white canine teeth emerging from hard, thin lips in the mirror just for a moment before she caught herself. Little men, cowering in bushes, throwing mud, like little spiteful gremlins. She liked that image. She wasn't one to just smile and accept it. Her rivals had learned that, but she still had to be careful which hills she chose to die on. She preferred to set the agendas, drive the cases, and make things happen not respond to petty jabs from petty boys whose feelings had been hurt or who felt threatened. Those pricks, the jerks in her office, 
hard-charging guys with nice suits and bad habits. She smiled slightly again. They're probably all dead now. And she wasn't. She wasn't dead. But what now? She had gotten sick like everyone else. For days she languished in her apartment, but she didn't give in. She forced herself to eat and drink, to stay alive. After a while, she knew she would survive. She always did. She had a view of the city from their penthouse. She could see the destruction. Fires, smoke, wrecks, bodies. It got worse as her sick days dragged, but still a few things still moved. When she had recovered enough to drag herself out of her building, it was all chaos. There were cars smashed in the road like some farcical demolition derby. Half the city was on fire. There were gunshots and shouting. But strangely, no sirens. Worst of all, there were dead and dying everywhere. It was like some medieval nightmare, some old painting of the Inquisition with demons pulling on the flesh from the screaming penitent. She knew she had to get out of the city. Her family was gone. She couldn't change that. Winners don't cry. They take control and make things happen. So she pulled herself into a red Land Rover and headed out of town. She would get out of the city and head south. She was from the south. That was another thing that made those boys mad with their clipped Eastern Standard accents bred from those years of lacrosse and liberal arts at places like Andover and Groton. The prep boys heard a twinge of southern in your voice and assumed you were soft as a morning biscuit. She quickly taught them differently. She used their biases against them. She smiled her polite debutante smile as they impaled themselves on their own cultural absurdities. They never learned. It was a harrowing drive out of the city. There were wrecked cars off the road cars burning or just abandoned randomly in the road, there were people, dead and almost dead. At first, she had tried to avoid the corpses in the road. Eventually, she came to see them as inconveniences. She still slowed down and did her best to drive around, but when all else failed, the Range Rover had the clearance to go over and through the dead. There were still bodies moving. Some tried to get her to stop. She had pressed the accelerator hard and grimaced as a shambling survivor tried to flag her down. What were they thinking? How was she supposed to help anyone? She could barely stay upright herself. Screw them anyhow. They could fend for themselves like she did. She didn't have the time, the energy, and certainly not the empathy to get caught up in some other a-hole's problems. When she eased onto the interstate and things looked relatively clear, Janet took a deep breath of the leather-smelling air and reached for her bottle of water. She took a long swig and swallowed. She choked a bit and coughed hard into a napkin. The napkin revealed a dark green phlegm tinged with dried blood. She swallowed hard to clear her throat. It was still a bit raw. Her lungs were rattled when she breathed, but it was getting better. She tossed the napkin to the passenger side floor. It was an orange-brown color with dancing skeletons on it. 
left over from Halloween. Ironic. Jeez, this world with its constant ironies. With the kids, she made a habit of hoarding napkins in the car. They were always spilling something. These napkins were from the high-end coffee shop she patronized with the kids on weekends while she gave her husband Jim a break. Friends would joke that they were like a divorced couple, and she got the kids on the weekends. The thought of her family brought a wave of melancholy so deep that she almost lost control. She had to jerk the wheel to stay on the road. She had been at it for hours now, and it was starting to get dark. She was weak and tired and knew she would have to take a rest eventually. More irony, she thought. Janet Kramer, the woman who never rested. With every mile she put between herself and the death behind her, she also felt a sense of freedom, a sense of freedom that made her feel stronger, but also pulled out a strand of guilt and sadness for what she had lost. And, just a little bit, for what she had never had. She pressed on down the road until the Land Rover started to run low on gas. Crud! She'd have to find some gas. A diesel, actually. She knew the gas stations were probably a bad idea. She thought she remembered that most stations had run out of gas quickly when people started dying. Something about that on the news before the TV went out. Something about the pumps not having power to work when the grid came down. She was busy at the time, trying to keep her husband and kids alive as they coughed and choked to death in her arms. She tried. God, she tried. But what could she do? She tried to get them to drink soup and put cold, wet towels on their forehead. She cleaned them up. She made frantic calls for help until the network failed. Janet Kramer, the best damn lawyer in the business. Unbeatable. The killer. She could make most things bend to her will, but she couldn't pull her own family out of the jaws of this horror. She watched them die, helpless to change it. She wasn't a doctor. She was the one who took down doctors, the male practice specialist. She went after those corporate jerk-offs who made bad decisions and hurt people. She brought them down to earth. She hurt them. The irony again. Where were those doctors now? Where were those medical corporations with their grand plans to change the world? Those devious plans that always promised a grand future while harvesting money through wrongful death in the present. This new bug had done more to cut them down than she ever could. When the bug finally got her, it ravaged through her body like an express train. Fever, chills that shook her whole body and made her bones ache, throwing up blood, coughing so hard she thought her insides would just fall out of her throat. It got to a point where a lesser person, without her strength, would wish for death just to get away from it. And most did. But she didn't. Why? She cried out plaintively and pounded the steering wheel once with her open palm probably because she was tough, tough and strong. She was one of the strongest people she knew. She worked hard, long days at the practice, but she was also an athlete. She had stayed in shape. She was strong and hard and tough, 
And that might be why she is still here, pushing this British-made car down the road. The gaslight on the dash was on now. She needed to find fuel. She eased off an exit that promised a shopping district. It was quiet here. She didn't see any other cars moving. It was eerie. She eased through the stoplights that no longer worked, but swung above the road like silent gatekeepers and made her way towards the big box stores. She'd need to siphon. She remembered how to do it from her childhood in rural South Carolina. She needed a gas can, maybe more than one. She needed to length the hose. Then she had to find some vehicles without the anti-theft devices and siphon some diesel. She had a bad feeling about this. In her weakened state, she was worried about leaving the car, but she'd have to do it if she wanted to keep going. She pulled into the superstore parking lot and circled around back to the loading docks. No sense in letting someone see her. She knew this could be the point where, even with all of her strength and skill, she might not be able to control the outcome if someone was there. With some reservation, she parked the car behind the dumpster, manually locking the doors. She resisted using the key fob lock because it would make some beeping noise. She pocketed the fob and started her approach to the store. Into the unknown. Into something she couldn't control. But then, like clockwork, a switch flipped in her mind the way it always did when something hard needed to be done. What's living without risk? Janet Kramer, known to some as K.J., reminded herself. She steeled herself, straightened up and headed in. Alrighty, my friends, this is Chris, your writer and producer, your podcaster. Hello and welcome for the from the uh, deep, dark winter of New England where I reside. I'm sitting in my office and it looks like it's about to start snowing again. So, hey, you've done it. You're up to episode five, five episodes in. So I guess you're hooked now, huh? So instead of a generic outro today, I'm giving you the, uh, the break the fourth wall outro, uh, and I'll probably do this from this point on, just so you can get to know me a little bit. So how do you like the new character, KJ? I think she's great. I love this genre, and I love these characters, and I wanted to start this show, I wanted to start it with a few episodes in the can for you, so to speak, so you could get into the narrative, right? It's hard to get into a story with just one chapter, so I wanted to seed it with uh, four or five shows. So my official launch, though, is January 2021, which is now. And I would like to drop an episode a week, but we'll see how that works. I can only do it with your support. I have resources to do a few more, but after that, I'm going to be looking for some support. I'd like to thank my friends, Tim. Tim, you know who you are, and Dwayne for helping me with ideas and editing, and Dwayne for being our first supporter on Patreon. Yay! And as always, the narration here is done by Robert Weinheimer, and I think Robert's doing a great job. I really like the cadence. 
I really like the, the, the sort of growl he's got. I think that's the, the mood we're looking for. I interviewed a lot of people for this, and Robert uh, came to the top. So I'm going to ask you for your help again before I let you go off today, off to your own survival. Eventually, we'll have enough downloads for the advertising to actually be worth something. But for probably the next six months or so, I'm going to need your direct support on Patreon to pay the bills. I've only budgeted so much to seed the, uh, the so much seed capital, if you will, to get us rolling. So go to Patreon, Patreon forward slash after the apocalypse, all one word, and help me keep the show going. And I'll give you a call out in the show. I'm spinning up all that other stuff, the social media and all that as we speak. So thank you all for spending some time with me and the old man and Janet. And thank you for listening. And until next week, keep surviving. I should say that in Robert's voice, right? Keep surviving. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.